Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection of relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark. And I'm Christian Harden. We're so glad you joined us. We are back for another episode of Coffee and Conversations. Yes, we are. I'm excited today, uh, sipping on actually a brew that I got at Costco. Let's just be honest here. It was on sale. It's been one of those months. <laughs> it's been one of those Maybe. months. Uh, picked up a big old bag, two and a half pounds, I believe, of organic winter blend from the, Starbucks. The good news is it'll last a while. It will last a while. The well, bad news, it lasts a while. <laughs> Just kidding. So we're sipping that. Uh, but today, our guest um, is calling in. Yes, uh, we've is. got Our James. first time. Yes. First time calling. And James Saylor was desired by our listeners. We heard some feedback. They're like, bring him back. Yeah. They wanted to hear him. So, uh, James, are you drinking any coffee right now? No, I haven't been to the coffee shop yet. Oh. I will I will be there soon, man. I'm 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 needing it this morning, man. I hear you. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do first things first is what Christian's saying. Yeah, That's that would good. be awesome, man. Can I call in later after I get a cup? That'd be great. <laughs> so you don't make coffee at the house? No, you know my wife, she doesn't drink it at all. In fact, she doesn't even like the smell of it. And I'm like, Babe, we should have found this out before we got married, man. What's going on? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> my, my wife pulled me over to the dark side. Yeah. The, oh, okay. Like drinking coffee black. Yeah, you were a frap guy. I was, I was frou-frou getting my, uh, I call it a girly drink. I do. My white chocolate mochas. <laughs> yeah, your frappuccinos. <laughs> oh, man. But now now we're drinking uh, black coffee. So that's, that's the way we roll. Mm-hmm. Nice. You get your man card for drinking black coffee, man. That's good news. Yes, that's oh good. I got it back. Okay, thank you, thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. Well, hey, we're so glad to have you back on here. Uh, here we are, kind of heading into holiday season, <clears throat> and I think uh, I think a, a lot of people will be able to relate to some of the things that you've been talking to me about uh, that the Lord's just been speaking to you. So just uh, just update everybody a little bit on what's going on in your world and your life. And um, I know ministry looks different than uh, when we last talked, even what maybe a year and a half ago, year ago. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a journey for us, but uh, we're in a good place, and I think that's the beauty of you know for your, especially for your listeners out there that have a relationship with with the Lord is that um, the Lord um, cares for His kids, and in this season, it's important to really realize that not just information in your mind, but revelation in your heart to know that God is watching out for us. And uh, so it's been a fun journey. It's been some challenging times as for all of us with the pandemic. Um, but I think if you have eyes to see, you can look at the world with a very different perspective. Uh, I think, Michael, guys, the problem is, is that many people are looking at the world with the same set of glasses and the same scorecard. And so they're just not seeing things, uh, the potential of what could be coming out of a really difficult moment in our world. And so but I'm excited. God's doing some good stuff in our lives, shifting our plans a little bit, and uh, we're in a good space today. So we're excited about the future. That's awesome. You know, I was um, just thinking about as yesterday, I kind of pray into my new year what, what my word, uh, sometimes the Lord will just give me a word or a theme um, for, for what I think He's doing. And uh, one, this was just, it was hope and specifically kind of mobilizing hope, taking hope to people that right now just don't have a way of seeing it. Uh, that way. Wow. It's a lot of what kind of what you're saying is that it's not so much what's going on, it's our perspective uh, in the midst of what's happening. Um, 
that that allows us to still have that hope and and our hope is is an individual it's it's in a person um, yeah but but being able to have that like you said not not just head knowledge but truly heartfelt spirit led and empowered uh, that we we're hopeful and that's not just yeah. man I hope this works out <laughs> it's like yeah. he's got something better yeah. and bigger yeah guys that's so important I think we had a great conversation at one of our uh, home groups uh, about three weeks ago. And the whole theme of it was hope. And it started mm. from a conversation I had with a lady out in California, um, a real strong believer, mind you. And in the conversation, it kind of changed tones. And she actually made the statement. She said, with everything going on in the world today, I'm just starting to lose hope. Mm. And I said, can you explain that for, for a minute? And she said, yeah, you know, I was just hoping that things would work out different. And you know, the presidency to the economy to, hmm. and I said, I said, can I stop you for a minute, ma'am? And uh, she said, yeah. I said, you can't put your hope in expectations that you created. I said, the problem is, is that all of those things have been like completely lost and just discarded and shot to the wayside. I said, hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. Jesus never changes. He's always there. He's never going to leave us. He's yeah. never going to walk out on us. And I said, you got to shift your perspective because God is doing something good in the midst of this difficult season. But if you keep coming up with, hey, this is how it ought to be, and this is what I'm, I'm believing for, that's a false sense of hope, and that's always going to lead you to despair, especially in seasons like this. And so yeah. uh, I think she left in a good spot, but uh, I hope all the listeners out there uh, really kind of give their uh, relationship with Jesus a fresh look, because I like what it says in Hebrews, Michael. It says, um, and we have this hope, and it says, because of what Jesus did, he says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Mm. And that's important to know that we, even though everything's rocking around us, we can be strong and stable and filled with hope in this moment if we really trust in Jesus in this hour. That's so good. Man, I'm writing that down. Yeah, uh, that's that's a verse that's going to be sticking out to me. I know yeah. this next year. Hope, hope gets me excited for Advent because it's like the first week, you know. Week one, week one is hope. Yep. Mm. So. Christian's an Advent guy. He loves yeah. he loves to kind of go through that. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. I love that. I I grew up in a very traditional uh, Catholic church experience, and so um, I never disregarded my roots, man. In fact, many of the things that I experienced there um, still linger in my heart and my mind to this day, and so. Um, you know, things like Advent and a few things along the way. I think there is some beauty of picking up some beautiful treasures along the way in your spiritual journey. So I'm excited for you, Christian, man. Yeah, thank you. We're actually giving out an Advent book this year by uh, Jim Branch. He's a local author. Um, We're giving that out to our volunteers and uh, some of our uh, biggest supporters, and yeah, that's that's exciting. But you know, I think about as we're talking about hope, you know, James, I know you've experienced this. You've been around long enough that you go through difficult seasons um, with family or in your personal life, and you hear kind of some of the cliche uh, verses even that people will use or phrases that your Christian brothers will use, and uh, and they're, they're still true, but it seems like sometimes they can be applied trivially. And, um, you know, Romans eight twenty eight will get quoted when you're in your darkest hour to you that, hey, God's going to use this for the good. And, just, and, and while that's true, um, I, th- I think of Job's friends you know, kind of assessing his situation wrongly, that it was something he had done when it wasn't, um, that they didn't know how to apply a higher level of wisdom. Uh, They were applying a proverb to a Job, uh, and it it just wasn't that case. 
And, mm. and I think sometimes the Lord is doing something that we don't always understand. And yes, redemption is always involved, and He can and will do things from difficulty. But I think, I think sometimes we can trivialize those things for people that are really experiencing that. And I'm just kind of curious, have, have you ever experienced that? Or um, I know I've been guilty of it. Um, I mean, is that, is that a space that y- you've gotten some wisdom on through the years? No, I've, I've never personally experienced that whatsoever. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, Yesterday, so, yeah. Yeah, so gosh, man, 25 years in the ministry. Um, and, the, and the beautiful thing about being like a pastor or somebody that you know, leads an organization is that everybody has an opinion of how it should go. And That's so the beautiful always, thing you said? Oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoy those moments. Those are growth moments for, for everybody involved. And, um, but what, what I've found is that, um, I'll give you an example. Um, many years ago, uh, my wife and I, uh, we lost a child at seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, just went in for a routine visit and there was no heartbeat. And so we had to give birth to the child and uh, we were just devastated. I held the child in my arms and um, I literally, I just sobbed uh, sitting there in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some people in that moment that were just, helpful. They were just awesome. You know, they were there for us. Uh, we had a small group of folks that showed up from our church, uh, that hung Christmas lights. It was right at the time of Advent oh, actually. And, um, and brought over food and, and some lady came and cleaned our house and just made sure we were okay. And then there's those other people that all they offer is, you know, you know, scriptures that they really take out of context um, and offer wisdom and that they got secondhand that they don't really understand themselves. And honestly, it makes it worse. You know, I think wisdom is this. It's not just knowing what to say, but when to say it and the right thing to say. Hmm. You know, there, there's a huge difference between the, between that because um, a lot of people that in church are armed with Scripture, and that is good and bad. That can be an incredible gift, but it can be very dangerous. And so a lot of times we offer advice or counsel to people um, that is just way out of the scope of where they're going through. And I think that's the beautiful thing of the partnership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can give us wisdom on how to interact with people that's meaningful in that moment, not outside of the scope of what they need to receive, but something. And he can say something like, he's told me this many times, go into hospital rooms. Don't say anything, just be there for them. Sometimes that's that's the best thing you can do. Um, but Michael, it's so true. There's so many people that they mean well. Don't get me wrong. Like their yeah. hearts are in a good spot. But you walk away from that conversation going, man, if I never saw them again, that's a good thing. <laughs> just shaking your head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, something you just said that we just finished a graduation uh, on Tuesday of our first cohort of chaplains that will serve in our inner city communities uh, with our Boys and Girls Clubs. And um the 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 statement I heard over and over, nearly every class, and I heard it in the graduation speech, was about the ministry of presence, uh, be, mm. because these chaplains are going to be responding to trauma, responding to diff, you know people that are going through some of their most difficult hours and times in their life, and some there's nothing that can be said in many many instances. It's not going to change anything, um, and that person is just hurting, and sometimes it's just being present. Um, that's the most yeah. powerful thing you can do. Yeah. I remember that too. I had an intern at our church in California. We went to a pretty difficult situation at the hospital. And um, 
he's like, Hey, what are you going to say? And I said, I don't know. I said, each situation is different. And, um, we walked into the room and I'll never forget, like the doctors were explaining what was going on. And I looked at the wife's face and there was nothing that needed to be said. We just went over and we held her and we prayed mm -hmm. for her. And, um, it felt like healing came through a hug, if that made sense. Yep, you know, it, does. it would probably would have undone it had we tried to give her a bunch of scripture and insight. It, it just wasn't the time for that. Yeah, man, that's so good. And you talk about living in partnership with the Spirit. Um, mm. You know, what 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 else does that really relate and mean to to you in this season? <laughs> Well, you know, it's super, super important, especially in the world that we're living in right now. There's so much chaotic activity, everything from the economy to, you know, what's taking place with the pandemic. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly that the Holy Spirit was given to us as a comforter, a guide, a helper. He knows what we need. And I just don't think we really understand who he is and what his role is and his function is. And so we just, a lot of times in church, we just avoid it. We don't talk about it. But I love what Paul said in the book of Galatians. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit can direct and guide our lives and take us into beautiful places, even in the midst of chaos. And so, you know, it, it, this is kind of a, a, a weird, controversial character. Um, but Benny Hinn, I don't know if you guys remember Benny Hinn. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's got an opinion on that cat. So do I. But I, I, I don't even I don't even feel comfortable putting it out on the Internet. But anyhow, he he would he would often say in the morning uh, he wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And yes. I read it many years ago. And it was just super important to wake up with this understanding that God's heart is for us. He loves us. He knows what we're walking into. And it would be wise of us to ask for help and for guidance throughout our day. Mm. And so I'm trying to listen more to the promptings and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life because he sets up beautiful experiences for his kids. And so I've just had many of those over this last year. I think, Michael, one of the things the pandemic maybe really challenges with is maybe we should throw out our plans, you know, those five, 10, 15 year plans that we all came up with yeah. and go, you know, what, what has got up? Well, in fact, my friend in mentor in California, one of the questions that he says, and this is a life-changing question, I think that we can all ask, especially your listeners out there today. He actually says every morning, Holy Spirit, what are you up to? And can I be a part of it? Mm. He says that one question has radically transformed his life and uh, put him in some incredible moments and opportunities to really help and be there for people. So uh, it's just something I'm working on in my journey. Everybody's at a different place, but I would encourage maybe your listeners out there to think of maybe a new way of living, uh, including getting rid of an old scorecard and trying to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really good. When you say <clears throat> living in partnership with the Spirit, I often think of like spiritual disciplines. And so James, I was just curious on what your spiritual disciplines were, or what your kind of leaning into in the season of life of, um, yeah, well, I think the, um, the Bible's a really important one. You know, it, it, the Psalmist writes, you know, uh, his word is a lamp unto a fe our feet, a light unto our pathway. You know, we need illumination in the dark world that we're living in. And the word is super important. So, you know, I just think the word kind of falls to the wayside, uh, for a lot of people, especially here in America. I mean, mm -hmm. we've got 
four, five, six Bibles sitting on the shelf. And I just watched a YouTube video of an underground church in China, and they got a shipment of fire Bibles. And you would have like thought that they got the greatest gift the world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. Literally, they were sobbing. Ladies were hugging the Bible. Mm -hmm. They were like, I've been praying for this for years. I've never. And so um, it just kind of it kind of wrecked my terrible discipline of really getting into the word. And so I've really been more and more focused, um, really, you know, spending time uh, with God in the word. But also, too, um, I think out of that, one of the biggest disciplines I think a lot of people can really develop in their lives is meditation. Mm. You know, meditation is kind of a twisted word. You know, different parts of the world have a different perspective on that. But it's taking the word that you get as you read and as you spend time with God and as you pray and really letting that word go beyond just information in your mind and let it settle down in your soul. Like, for instance, God so loved the world. You know, a lot of times people have heard that. We've seen, you know, guys in the end zone holding up big John 316 signs, and we know it across the world that God so loved the world. But the reality is most people have that as information. It's never changed in their heart into revelation. And when it does, it brings healing and hope and encouragement for your soul. So I spend a lot more time meditating on scriptures. In fact, I read a lot less scripture than I used to. Hmm. In fact, when I first got into like, uh, you know, my journey in ministry, I'm like, man, I'm going to read a book of the Bible a day. You know, nowadays I might read a verse or two and really sit there and contemplate what the writer was actually saying. And it's add a lot of depth and understanding um, to what God wanted to instruct to all of his followers, especially to me. And so this is a good growing season. So I think to your answer, um, Christian, uh, prayer is a big one. Uh, Study of the scriptures, you know, prayer also, too, can be coupled with fasting. Fasting is a wonderful discipline. It is not punishment. It is is a wonderful gift to purify and cleanse the soul and kind of get things in in right standing in your mind and in your heart and and down in your soul as well. And and then I think meditation is another big one for me uh, that I've been focusing on lately. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah those are so great, James. And, you know, you think, I think about meditation and I think as, especially as believers, if, if we think we're doing the right things and we are putting in the things for the recipe of spiritual growth, it, you know, it's it's checking off these boxes of, of typically quantity and, and, and doesn't always include quality because we live such a fast-paced, must-get, task-oriented world um, that, yeah, I've just, I've got to do the next thing. I've got to get things done. That's how I, you know, that's how things are achieved, including spiritually. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's, I think those are hard lessons to learn, though, um, that that's not it. Um, yeah. That... That time with Jesus and heart transformation doesn't come that way. Um, it's it, it can't be put in boxes of of necessarily just checking off, checking them off, and and quantifying. Uh, it's it's got to be qualitative. It's it's got to be something that we're truly engaged with. I mean, I've I've done my Bible reading all year. Where James, I'm going, I'm I'm taking an old Scottish pastor's um, one of my favorite you know uh, plans that that I that I love to go through. But there comes ebbs and flows in that that I I recognize I'm just getting it done today. That's all yeah. I'm doing. I'm not engaging with it. Do I even remember what I just read or heard? You know, however I'm 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 consuming it. 
And it's just, you know, and it, it's convicting because I'm like, what, what exactly did I accomplish? What exactly yeah. happened? Um, but you talk about this scorecard uh, that determines success. And even, you know, I know you're connected to so many pastors that you're walking with um, through the ups and downs of, of these past couple of years. And, and as a support, what are, what are you seeing um, that the Lord is saying to us as believers, as leaders, uh, about mm-hmm. how we have evaluated success wrongly? Well, well that's a, that's, this is a super important um conversation that I think a lot of families, uh, organizations, and businesses need to have. You know, the pandemic really changed our perspective on things and brought things to kind of a screeching halt. And the problem is, is that a lot of people came out of the pandemic and just went back to their old way of life. Well, the reality is, is the world is different. It just is. It's not going back. In fact, it's probably headed in a different direction in the days ahead. And yet we're still quantifying our success based on yesterday's scorecard. And it's super important that we sit down and evaluate and go, you know what, what really does matter nowadays? What's really important? Because I've watched friends that have lost businesses. I've been with pastors that have had to close churches. Um, I've seen families that have struggled. In fact, the mental health crisis is just as big, if not bigger than the pandemic itself. And people are struggling and wrestling with, like I've lost everything. And I think we just need to really evaluate coming out of this, what's really important. And because, you know, we live in a culture that rewards performance. And so you and I, whether we care to admit it or not, we've developed some kind of internal mechanism to, to drive that performance. If I do this, this will be the result. If I do this, this is what I'll get rewarded for. If I do this, this is what my followers are going to praise me for. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, man, you got to take that scorecard and rip that sucker up and get before, <laughs> get before the Lord and spend some time with your close people and say, hey, guys, what really matters? You know, even at wonderful places like Kiko, what really matters right now? Are we really doing those things? And yeah. I think if we do, we can actually come out in a better place but if we refuse to do that, I think we're going to come out and we're going to still be measuring success in a way that is unreachable in the days ahead. And so I just worry about so many people. I've challenged pastors, especially across the country, bro, throw out the scorecard. The attendance thing is not coming back right now, man. Just yeah. love on the people that are in front of you. And I had one guy who's like, man, we're, our church is half the size. And I go, good, now you can finally build deeper relationships with the people that are there. Yeah. I said, I said, don't miss this moment. So that's my fear is that we're just kind of keeping track on an old scorecard that no longer is relevant to our current world. That's so good. I, I remember having conversations with folks the last April and May and even into June about uh, just the fear of returning back to normal. Um, you know, because I felt like obviously there was there was an opportunity for a reset to be hit in so many different areas of our life. Um, just the way we the way we spend our time, um, how we prioritize family, uh, you know, a number of different things that that things just slowed down. And yeah. and we we had a I think a lot of us, especially people like me, had a hard time with that uh, because yeah. it it was interwoven with my identity, my self worth. Um, because performance equals acceptance for so many. Um, and, and that's something I think the, the, the pandemic, I hope, will uh, allow people to lean into and rewrite that, 
um, write the, rewrite that scorecard like you're talking about. Rewrite the way that we are calibrated, which is going to be a it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for our culture to uh, fight against that performance mentality. That is, yeah. it's so much infiltrated the church organizations like our like ours. Um, I mean, you think about organizations and, and businesses that and churches that are typically successful that we categorize as successful. They're driven by task oriented type A people. Um, that performance is on the top of the list. Um, yeah. And so I, I think rewriting that to relational, transformational, you know, intentional uh, discipleship is, is going to require a lot of the church to step back and say, okay, what, what are we really about? What is my life about? What is, what is really meaningful? Um, and allow that to be rewritten. Uh, and I hope that continues to happen. Like you said, I hope that continues to happen. Yeah, and, and the bummer, Michael, is too, is that the world has created um, an unusual uh, definition for success, especially for organizations like churches. The problem is, here's my great fear. The problem is the things sometimes that the world admires are not the things that impress heaven. They're not going to matter in all eternity. Yeah. And so it's super important that we look from the light of eternity, go down, you know, what does matter? Well, people matter, yeah. you know, things like that. And so we have to really reevaluate it. And some people did. And I applaud you, you know, if you're listening today and you've made <laughs> some changes in your life, way to go. Be on our um, next podcast. Yeah. So yeah, we can yeah. actually hear somebody do it successfully. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but for those that got, you know, they're dug their heels in and I'm going to work harder. The problem is, is that, um, you know, for instance, I was talking to a pastor. He's like, I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to, we're going to get this back. And the problem is he's he's got uh, warning signs of burnout already, and uh, he doesn't even realize it. So don't yeah. let that thing drive you. Heaven admires certain things that the world does not. And so I hope people get that perspective and go for those things. So That's so good. Such a good reminder. Hopefully people can hit reset and allow the Lord to, to recalibrate them. I think there's going to be fruit out of that, and uh, we're going to have to lean into a new space that— um, that we just aren't comfortable with. I think about so much right now that is um, how control and uh, things are, are propagated in our in our country, in our world, that is just fear-based. And I think that's a lot of it, pastors, too. Um, I'm this way with things that happen at my house. Worry is the first thing that controls me, and it, and it always has to do with things that I cannot change or fix. Like, there's nothing I can do about um, you know, something that is out of my control right now. We just, we have a deck halfway built and a septic that's dug up and all these things that, that typically incite worry and fear because I just like, I, I worry about things that I can't control that I know I have no knowledge of how to correct that I have to rely on other people. And I hope somehow that I can do it in a way that my wife is still happy with me and my kids are, you know, well, started because I don't want to be a failure. And so I, I worry about things that I can't control, even in small ways like that. Uh, but then you get into ministry and you get into leading organizations or, you know, just leading yourself relationally. Um, and it's usually in areas that we worry and have fear that it's it's overshot, it's overtargeted, it's irrational, it's always worst case scenario. We never worry about, man, 
the best days are ahead. Man, things are going great. And what if it never ends? We never worry about the good things never ending. We always worry about the worst case. And, and I think that's where the devil the devil li- lives and, and eats our lunch. And um, right now we see that used in so much in so many different ways in our in our culture, just to control and to lead and to guide uh, people down a path of of just kind of fear based responses. Um, and that's a scary place to be. That's a really yeah, scary that, place to be. That's not where you want to put your vacation home. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and, and but but most people really live there. You know, Michael. One of the incredible things that the Lord's doing me in the season um, in my own personal life is through the process of slowing down, really revealing some things in my heart. And I think this whole season has brought to light what's really there. We've seen things shoot up. Um, for instance, I was talking to a chaplain in the sheriff's department and he said, domestic violence has shot through the roof. Mm. Um, you know, abuse to kids, all this other stuff. And there's just some things that we're avoiding just through performance and production and trying to make a difference in the world. It's super important that we slow down and go, what's really going on in my heart? What's really there? And uh, in fact, one of the things the Lord showed me, this might help some of your listeners today in my own personal life. I have a broken part of my core set of beliefs that has really driven me to actually burn out. I, one time I had to take two, about two years off of ministry where I couldn't even function. There's probably nine months I couldn't even get out of really out of bed. Um, mm. And it's this, here's the, here's the broken part of, of what's going on in my heart. And I really identified it and realized it in this last season is that I really truly believe deep down on the inside that God only loved me because of what I did. Yeah. Wow. And it it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. And the word that came to light uh, was a workhorse, that I'm a workhorse in the kingdom. And yeah. everybody's reinforced that over the years. Man, look what we're doing. Look what's happening. And no, that thing, if it's broken on the inside, it will manifest on the outside. And I'm seeing this all in the world today, and it's coming out in things like fear and mm. anger and lack of trust, hopelessness. And the reality is, if we want to fix those, it's not sometimes an inter- external solution. Yeah. It's something that needs to be done on the inside. we got to do the hard work and go, you know what? This thing is driving me to lose my peace, to lose my hope, and to no longer trust in God. And so I've been in this journey to mm. kind of, you know, set myself aside to grow more than I've ever grown. And it's not just I'm reading books or going to seminars. It's I'm doing the hard work at addressing stuff down in my heart and my soul that I spent my whole life running past because I was so busy trying to accomplish something great for the kingdom. Man, that's that's so refreshing and encouraging to hear. Um, how do how do we get back to trusting him fully? Uh, you know, one of the things we work with kids, uh, and so I think about we have what we call the forty developmental assets that every child needs in their life in order to be successful. Uh, this came out of Chicago at the Sher- the Search Institute, and twenty of those are internal. 20 of those are what environment around them as parents and coaches and teachers can help create within a child in order to have peace and feel secure um, and to be able to trust those around them that they're not going to have to worry about um, things that they shouldn't have to worry about, you know, safety, security, provisions, um, that those then allow the kid to flourish and grow like they should. 
Um, and so we, we focus on those assets. And, and it's the same as adults. We, we never outgrow needing these same 20 internal and external assets to be successful in life. And, and it comes from trusting God. We get it from Him. We, we come back to Him and allow Him to speak and transform our heart. And that's so encouraging just to hear how you're echoing that to so many folks right now. And um, man, it's, I love it. I love everything you've shared today. It's been so challenging and encouraging to me, and I know our listeners will feel the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate that. And Christian's going to ask just a couple. You've been on here before, so we're, our rapid fire is going to look a little different. We're just going to do a couple of seasonal things since it's the holidays. Okay. And uh, then I want to come back and, and hear some of the updates of uh, okay. what, what's coming up next. Let's talk about that big orange trailer that I saw on Facebook. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so, Christian, go ahead. Did you do the thing last time? Is that what you want? Rapid yeah, fire? Maybe. James, welcome to the part of the show where we questions get longer and the answers. No, the questions get shorter, but the answers get longer. You can tell it's been a minute since it's we've been done a minute. This. Um, but yeah, so they're going to be seasonal questions. So usually we ask favorite movie, but I'm going to ask favorite holiday Christmas movie. Oh, that's easy. Home Alone. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Home Alone is so good. Yeah, every year we go through the series of them. And uh, then my son comes up from the basement uh, yesterday. He's like, Dad, you're never going to believe it. They're making a Home Alone 4. And I'm like, no way. So <laughs> it, it got me all fired up. Yeah, I love – I always think of Michael's dad, my grandfather, of Home Alone because I feel like they're on – once like Thanksgiving hits, they are on repeat. One and two, yeah. like one after the other, one after the other. So. Home Alone definitely takes the list. I just bought Turbo Man. Oh, I love Turbo Man. Last night from my four-year-old. That's, uh, Does anybody know what movie that's from? That's that's uh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way with? Uh, Schwarzenegger. Yes, I'll be back. Who's the other guy in it? Uh, Sinbad. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. Awesome. Yep. Um, and then I think of like, with a holiday movie comes like holiday food. And so like, what's that one mm. thing you're excited to see on the table when you walk in? To, or it like, could be a drink. Or drink, uh, Christmas, uh, with the family, extended family, whatnot. What are you excited to like, you're going to, you like, I know this is going to be on the table to eat or drink. Yeah. You know, I go, I really go third world on Turkey, man, at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, it looks like I haven't eaten, but it's not, not that the Turkey is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it's the leftovers. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. Like the, the, the five, six o'clock at night on Thursday, That's those, awesome. you know, turkey sandwiches with mayonnaise and all kinds of, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, bro, I'm, my mouth is drooling thinking about it right now. That's hilarious. Yeah. There's nothing like leftover cold turkey with a roll and like the, um, do you put stuffing on your roll too? Stuffing oh, wow. or the uh, cranberry sauce. Mm, oh, like the slices? Yeah. It just makes <laughs> oh, it great. Man. The tube of jelly. It just makes a great oh. sandwich. American. And it's all cold. <laughs> it's all cold. <laughs> are you watching like one of the football games that's on that day? Of Is course. It, it's yeah. the Lions and... You, the Lions are still on. <laughs> the Cowboys have played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good. No, no, nobody's watching the Lions game, bro. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> no, right nobody's now. watching the Lions. They're like 0-8. Oh, man. Um... And then usually we ask funniest or bizarre ministry experience, but I kind of want to hear maybe a funny or bizarre like holiday Christmas experience. Um, if you got one, and mm. I got I got I got one. a lot. You know, we have we have a strange family, so there's plenty of plenty of moments. <laughs> but um, I remember in particular one time we were sitting at the table, and you know, it's like when people are just shoving food in their mouth, it gets quiet, and all of a sudden, grandma 
just lets one go. Like, <laughs> and it's not like a, a like a just a soft one. It is like it's like a, a foghorn. <laughs> and and dude, like people were spitting food out of their mouths, rolling. It was it was great, man. So so grandma was like, oh excuse me. <laughs> Everybody's like, grandma, you bringing the heat? So it was awesome. I'll That's never forget. That's hilarious. It. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, well, that's that's all we got. All, Man. all the shots are out. So, so James, update us a little bit. Like, what's what's coming up? You um, you said you guys are taking everything mobile, which we love here. We love doing everything mobile. But uh, I saw yeah. a trailer that you had posted recently. What's what's that about? Yeah, in fact, you know, one of my visits to Kiko, walking through the backyard there, mm. got me really really rethinking what we're doing. So we've wanted to open a brick and mortar coffee house and create like a ministry center. And right now, raising money, uh, you know, signing a long-term lease with a company, trying to get workers, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be in that space right now. You know, that's just yeah. not, not where I'm in a good space where I'm really enjoying what God is doing in me and my family. And so we started really praying about it. And then it kind of took on a new life. Um, what we're planning to do is actually starting our coffee house. Someday we're going to get into a brick and mortar type place, but we're going to start our coffee house mobile. Um, but then we're also going to actually, um, we're purchasing a bunch of resources and tools like inflatables, sound systems, oh, awesome. uh, heat, heaters, chairs, uh, cornhole sets. I'm actually looking into an ax throwing uh, thing that I can bring to like, like men's events. Yeah, portable action. And uh, and then we're just able to say to organizations like the amazing folks at Kiko, they're like, hey, we want to throw like a big Christmas party. Well, dude, I'm in it to win it. We'll show up. We'll serve hot chocolate. We'll bring out a flavor. We'll do all kinds of stuff. And so then all of a sudden it started to change perspective for me Mm -hmm. going, maybe the Lord was not allowing it to happen because he had something else in mind. And it took, honestly, it took a little bit of like humble pie to go, you know, maybe I missed it or maybe I just need to readjust. And so, but I, I'm telling you, like now I'm geeked out at night thinking about the possibilities of getting out and serving churches, businesses, organizations like Kiko, and just showing up with a team of people and go, let's make a difference in the community. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm thinking how awesome it would be for like a fall festival next year that we normally oh, we yeah. do it every year. We do a turkey bowl, but having like some inflatables or axe throwing. And... Oh my! That's that so would sick. be awesome. With, that would be with, fun. with safety, then with safety, all. absolutely. Yeah. No, 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 no safety. <laughs> with our city man. youth. <laughs> That's great. That sounds like so much fun, man. I love that you guys are thinking outside of the box and. Right now is the time to, to innovate. Right now is the time to be creative because, uh, yeah, we've got different yep. challenges in front of us. So, yep, those are the ones yep. that are going to thrive and, and, and see, a, see a way to carve a new path. Yeah, and so it's kind of one of the things the Lord really spoke to me for next year. He said, hey, we're, you and I, we're going to go out and do this. We're going to sow seeds into East Tennessee and around the South. And um, But he's also starting to speak to us because we've been doing a house church network now for – about a year and a half, and about the changing a little bit of that, um, but planting a more traditional type church in the days ahead. And so mm. that's kind of new on our radar, but awesome. it'll be different. Um, it'll be uh, a church that's not just with like small groups or house churches. It'll be a church of house churches that gathers on Sunday and celebrates all that God is doing throughout the week. And so we're really it. excited about that. 
we have a city that the Lord's kind of put on my heart, and uh, I'm not willing to share Ooh. it just yet. Uh-oh. But, but once that thing is kind of confirmed, it's in the area here, and uh, but That's we're exciting. praying about it. And uh, we're just feeling like we're supposed to go out and sow seeds and love on people, make a difference in the community this year. And then early in the following year, we're probably going to do something slightly different than what we're doing now. Man, I love it. Well, I look forward to hearing maybe on maybe on the third time you're on with us, uh, we get to hear kind of the update of what's what's uh, what's behind you now, what you've already started and launched. That'd be so exciting to hear. Nice. I'm not uh, I'm not risk adverse. That's for sure. I'm willing to <laughs> willing willing to try some new things. And I think too, I'm I'm hoping that people um, are willing to do the same. You know, by by nature, we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. But yeah. I think we have to change with the season that we're in. And if we do, we can follow the Holy Spirit and he can take it to some beautiful places. I absolutely agree. Well, James, it's been such an honor and a privilege to have you on today again. I know our listeners love hearing you. And, and those that are listening today, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at kiko, K-I-C-K-O dot org, O-R-G. And uh, let us know what you thought about today, some of the things that James was talking about. I know I was challenged. And uh, hopefully we'll all leave transformed. So until next time. 